We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'll never call off fourth quarter pressure. Back of the jersey, double sevens. No matter how many times, I never get tired of that reference. Hop Hall of Fame for dirt, we love you with a deep reverence. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Hi, I'm Kyrie Irving. And, and you're listening, listening to, to the Mavs Step, Step Back, Back Podcast. Waiting on my fall off. I'll never call off. Fourth quarter pressure. Back of the jersey. Double sevens. No matter how many times, I never get tired of that reference. Hall of Fame for dirt. We love you with a deep reverence. Bad court nasty. I wonder who gon' check him. Cuban did his thing when he went and got number 11. I still got his picture on my wall at 707. Feel synonymous with Kyrie, how we both train with aggression. Competition obsolete. Trying to breathe life into my dreams. I'm so tired of sleep. Still got some work from last season that was incomplete. So hungry for redemption. Thank my boys, that's my overheat. Like Luca with his three of them hit. My mic is prone to overheat. I pride myself the most. I'm 22 and my folks proud of me. I took the heart away since I was 10. Was no surprise to me. A step back mass blowing up was no surprise to me. And I'm speaking honestly. Seven. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined by my DallasBasketball.com colleague and Mavs Step Back correspondent, Grant Afseth, uh, who was there for the Mavs' latest win. It was a 144 to 126 walloping of the Los Angeles Clippers at American Airlines Center. Uh, it was the, the Mavs' second in-season tournament game. It was the first one on the road, though. Uh, they had the nice uh, new black uniforms that I thought, you know, looked really nice compared to what the uh, original leaks looked like. When I thought they were going to be gray, I was like, eh. But I thought they ended up looking really nice. They didn't have the nice new court because of a manufacturing issue. So, you know, there was that. But, you know, it didn't affect their on-court play. Luca was amazing. Uh, you know, going into this game, and I wrote about it on our uh, DallasBasketball.com game preview, not only did I expect him to have a bounce-back game just because he shot the ball so poorly against Toronto, he went 11 of 26 in that one, but, you know, just in general, he loves playing against the Clippers. Actually, I'm working on a story right now. You shared it, you know, for, it was an ESPN stats tweet. It's like it's historical dominance for Luca versus the Clippers. Like he is dominating them the same way 
Wilt Chamberlain and Michael Jordan dominated a handful of teams throughout their careers. It's just, it's crazy. He sees the Clippers and he just decides to light them on fire. It's hilarious. I love watching it. Uh, and he did so on Friday night again, scoring 44 points and shot 17 of 21 from the field. Like just insane stuff from Luca. And then Kyrie pitched in 27 points himself. Uh, just overall, a really good night for the Mavs. Going through the box score here real quick, Derek Jones Jr. had a double-double with 11 points and 10 rebounds, had three steals, three assists, and he was a team-high plus 36 on the night. Uh, he continued, And a crazy putback. A crazy, a put crazy back. putback. He continues over Paul George, and he, he just continues to be a bright spot for this team. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. Those are my main three takes. You know, Luca's dominance over the Clippers, Kyrie finding his footing. You have some interesting stuff to, you know, kind of expand on that. And then Derek Jones Jr., and then we'll go from there. But, I mean, what, what are your thoughts, initial thoughts, takeaways from that Mavs-Clippers game? Yeah, I thought, you know, for a team that really struggled in first halves for most of the season or early part of the season since, you know, I don't want to sound like we're in April or anything or, or in uh, February talking about the whole season since it hasn't even been 10 games yet. But, uh, you know, they've, <laughs> long they've way to go. First half, for sure, a long way to go. Uh, they've, they've struggled with uh, first halves and, you know, seeing them go down 8-0 and then, you know, 31-19 and then respond with a massive run. Like, I, you know, the, the exact numbers are uh, were just insane. Like, I think uh, – At Clippers, one point, it was 35-4. to four. Yeah, it, literally. And then, like, the Clippers Crazy. didn't even hit double figures in the second quarter until, like, around three minutes left uh, <laughs> uh, until halftime. Like, it was crazy. Like, just seeing a, a response like that, you know, before halftime as opposed to after halftime, like, at a lot of their – you know, game so far this season was definitely an intriguing thing, especially with a team that's got a lot of, you know, I guess you could say optimism and, uh, you know, talent with them with uh, the James Harden trade. You know, they haven't won with Harden yet. They're 0-3. But, you know, when you make a trade like that midseason, you know, they were very, you know, amped up about it and, you know, optimistic about how their pieces will come together. And, you know, just handling, uh, you know, a team that has you – know, Sounds familiar, by the wings. way. Yeah, for sure. Some of, <laughs> some of the, like top wings, like Kawhi Leonard, you know, Paul George, it took him until the second half to you know even get on the board scoring wise. You know, having a uh, you know strong performance against you know a team with those those types of talents uh, that that goes a long way for a team like the Mavs that has struggled against some of those you know like tougher wing options. You know, like Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. and that Nuggets loss, and then also you know recently. Uh, in their previous game against, you know, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, and OG and Anobi. Uh, so seeing, you know, against two of the premier wings in the league, that was, a, you know, definitely a big takeaway as well. You know, Kawhi Leonard still got his points, you know, 26, and he was very effective in the first quarter especially. But, you know, just ha not allowing a guy like that to take over a game, especially in a high-stakes game like an in-season tournament game, just the ultimate peak of basketball right there, uh, in-season tournament. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, just uh, – just the thing everybody's excited about, don't, they don't really know what's going on. Every every clip I see of guys talking about, they're just like, we have no idea what's going on. We're yeah, just kind Kyrie of Kyrie actually mentioned uh, <laughs> when uh, when Dwayne Price asked him about the the in season tournament game, he actually mentioned that he went through shoot around today and he completely forgot that it was even an in season tournament <laughs> game. 
real important stuff here, you know. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait to see that monstrosity of a court in New Orleans on Tuesday. That's going to be fun. It's almost like Mardi, Mardi Gras, uh, like throw up from Mardi Gras. It looks like that neon green is going to kill me. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, it was it was a good game. Uh, you know, it's good to see Kyrie and Luca get going. I mean, you know, it's a good night when you know during the last game that disappointing loss to the Raptors. You know, Kyrie said that Jason Kidd called them soft uh, because they gave up seventy two points in the paint. They were outscored seventy two to uh, forty in the paint during that game. And I mean, look, it wasn't that much better in this game. I mean, it was, but it, not by much. They still lost. They gave up sixty two points in the paint to the Clippers, uh, and they were outscored sixty two to fifty in that department this time around. But you know, that's progress. And, uh, you know, when Luca and Kyrie are combining for 70-plus points, it tends to not even matter. Like, we, they had such a good game together, and then they got some good contributions from Derrick Jones Jr., who we talked about at the, the top of this thing. Uh, you had uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. continuing to do his six-man-of-the-year thing off the bench. He was a plus 20 on the night, which was great to see. Uh, also had three assists. Look at Tim Hardaway Jr., distributor uh dishing out assists for the Mavs and then you had Jaden Hardy with uh, 11 points and Dante Exum with eight points and Powell with nine points you know they had a lot of guys contributing and you know Grant Williams who's been a big part of this team's success in the first nine games he didn't even really have a good game he, he only scored two points only shot two field goals has played 16 minutes but it didn't matter because, you know, this is kind of one of those situations where if one guy doesn't have it, they finally have enough depth to where they can get it from other places. And, you know, if Luca and Kyrie, if they're, get, if they're going, chances are they're going to get, you know, a handful of other guys going too, even if it swaps out who it is that's going to shine on any given night. So that's a good thing to look at going forward. I do still think this team needs – at least they need to try and upgrade their center depth. I'm not saying they need to do something to, you know, make it to where Lively isn't the starter anymore. But I do think they need to do something to upgrade their center depth behind Lively at the very least. And then they could, you know, afford to get bigger on the wing because, I mean, they're, they're just small on the wing. They're overpowered by everybody in that department, it seems like, on a nightly basis. Which leads me into my next point, and I want to ask you about because Josh Green is just kind of in the mud lately. He is he hasn't had a good stretch. He's coming off that three year forty one million dollar extension, so I mean he's gotten paid now. So the expectation, you know, if he had done this last year or the year before, it's like okay, well, you know, just another game. He'll he's young. He'll get it going the next time. Now the expectations are higher, and he has had back-to-back just terrible games. And he doesn't seem to have a plan, uh, you know, when he's out there. He, I, on the last pod I did, uh, you weren't on here, but I did one, a solo pod, and I, I described him as the Tasmanian devil because he gets out there, and he's high energy, and he's running around, you know, waving his head, and just real spastic, but there's just not really a plan. And it tends to hurt the Mavs because, you know, tonight he played 18 minutes, only shot one of four from the field. And in those 18 minutes, he was a negative 15. In a game, the Mavs won by 18 points. That's like 
that's really hard to do, I feel like. <laughs> so how concerned should we be with Josh Green? Do you think he can turn this around as the season progresses, or do the Mavs need to look elsewhere, like with Dante Exum and his minutes? I definitely think it is worth experimenting with different combinations. Like, as you, you brought up Exum, uh, that's someone that really stood out to me. Like, he had some full-court defensive possessions and got some stops against Russell Westbrook. Uh, you know, like an aggressive guard uh, with strength and athleticism like Westbrook, that's that's not an easy task to be able to, to do that. And then I thought he, you know, created some plays off the dribble effectively as well. And, you know, when you have Luka and Kyrie alongside him, uh, that's a lot of talent, uh, you know, making plays with the ball. Uh, to have that third option to be able to the piece the unit together, kind of be that uh, Swiss Army knife, if you will. I guess you could say that you would ideally hope that Josh Green uh, would, you know, take a step forward and develop into. Uh, but I think overall, I I would be like relatively concerned right now because, you know, I think there are times where you know you see Josh uh, perform and he's he's pretty like uncomfortable at times. I feel like still like I think he's still trying to figure out the best way to make an impact and uh, and at so, some of the games uh, so far they've tried to get him going at times like in spot opportunities with you know involving him as the focus of an action and I feel like uh, there's been situations where he's kind of done too much with the basketball like he feels like now that the action has kind of you know been called for him uh, he's coming off of like double wide pin downs or a zoom action and now he's getting downhill and he has to make a play with the ball. Like he kind of leaves his feet without, like, as you said, like without a plan and, you know, the defense may, you know, like recover back to, you know, the, the first read options on those passing opportunities. And now there's nothing really like open. And I think the big thing for him is like, uh, you know, getting aggressive in short range for scoring opportunities with his jumper, like developing in that area, instead of kind of looking to overpass at times, but then also, not in general, like when you do commit to being aggressive downhill, uh, it's important not to, uh, you know, obviously with the overpassing, but also you have to commit to actually like like finishing the play, like getting to a spot, raising up and shooting instead of like, uh, you know, ha not having a plan, as, as you mentioned. I think, uh, you know, in general, he, he did mention, you know, entering the year wanting to develop as kind of like a like operator in tight spaces, you know, as a shot creator, you know, into shot clock sort of situations. And I think, uh, you know, starting with, you know, having a plan in those actions, like like looking at the film and kind of developing uh, a point of attack, like, okay, if this option isn't here on the pass, this is how I'm going to have to attack as a score and be aggressive. Uh, and I think and just within the flow, there are times where he does get caught doing a little too much as well. But I think, you know, it, it's boom or bust right now. Like there's some ups and downs. Uh, he did have a really effective, uh, you know, attack. Uh, got into the paint, left his feet, and found Tim Hardaway wide open for a three. Uh, and that was like a, you know, continuing the momentum sort of play uh, tonight. I think just, you know, getting comfortable and really finding, you know, like that plan, if you will, as we've, uh, you know, alluded to numerous times, will definitely be a key for him. And I think overall, defensively is another area. There's been times where I feel like he's overhelped uh, on defense. Uh, and then kind of been too aggressive trying to make plays on the ball, uh, whether it's in the passing lanes or, you know, just trying to make a swipe at the ball. So I think, uh, you know, just continuing to develop into, I guess you could say like that under control, like having a plan and, uh, you know, just comfortable option out there on both sides is definitely something that still needs to happen. And, you know, like he's, this is, uh, you know, a multi-year development process. So you'd like to see, I guess you could say like more results right now. 
to where it's at. Uh, but, you know, overall, uh, what you see from Exum, at least, as that option next to Luka and Kyrie, at least you have other options to kind of throw in there and give a different look when you need it. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, there's just there's just more control when Exum is in the game. He Exum is a guy... He, and when I say control, I'm not saying he's any slower than Green or anything. You know, Exum... He can be a blur in transition, and we saw it tonight. I mean, he he has the ability. He took Paul George off the dribble and got to the basket for an easy layup uh, in the first half. I mean, I I think it was in the first half, but you know, yeah, he, he had that in and out dribble. Yeah, yeah, and he got straight to the rim. Yeah, so I mean, he he's under control, but he's still fast, and he's he's the same size as Green, and he can. I feel like his defense has less holes in it than what green does right now. Cause that's another thing with green too, is I feel like as good as he can be defensively, there's a lot of times where he's losing his man on the perimeter and giving up wide open. Like early in the game, uh, he, he, I, he gave up at least two wide open threes to James Harden, uh, which, you know, you just, you can't do that. Um, and other times I do feel like there are situations where he's pretty aggressive, like getting into the ball and, there becomes foul trouble issues as well at times. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if the man, and I'm not saying it's like a death sentence for his rotation spot for the year, but you know, if Jason Kidd has to go with Exum for a handful of games and then, you know, the next time green gets his big opportunity, who knows, maybe he turns the corner and, 
you know, you go with him for the next handful of games. That's that's the beauty of this long season is, you know, there's a chance for everybody to contribute uh, along the way. But as long as Luca and Kyrie are playing like they did on Wednesday night, you know, I don't think they're going to have too much to worry about. That, you know, there was a lot of speculation that that, that group or that that duo wasn't going to be able to work together and win together. And so far, you know, they have proven that if you just get some serviceable role players uh, and, you know, surround them with those competent role players instead of, you know, Reggie Bullock and what he was doing last year, I won't dwell on that too much. Uh, it makes for positive results, and we've seen that so far. So uh, another thing, another quick thing before we get out of here, uh, I just want to let people know that uh, Kyrie Irving was uh, talking it up with Kawhi Leonard after the game. You know, it, it looked like he was doing a little recruiting there. Uh, I'm, I mean, obviously I'm going to write about this because pipe dream trade stuff is my bread and butter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, Ma- the Mavs, the questions they've had at the three, uh, the three spot in their rotation, their starting lineup, uh, you'd think that if they could find a way to get Kawhi Leonard, that'd make a pretty solid starting five. You know, Luka, Kyrie, Kawhi, Grant Williams, and uh, Derek Lively. So uh, I think Kawhi could be heading into unrestricted free agency this summer if i'm not mistaken but that was that was interesting to see i'm sure Kyrie was just telling him you know all the nice positive things that friends talk about after games but you know how you know how i like to be with that stuff so i mean am i looking too too much into that or could there be some under the table recruiting going on (laughs) well i think uh you know a lot of a lot of top players uh would love to be able to to get one of their their guys like that over to their side for sure like i remember uh not not the same uh perspective kind of the tables are, are turned or, or maybe they're not who knows but uh, i remember when uh the uh, mass played on the road against the sixers and joel Embiid and luca had a pretty uh close conversation uh so you know like i feel like you know zooming in and uh taking the screenshot and everything on the broadcast <laughs> uh, you you can find a lot of things and uh you know that would definitely be one of the the very intriguing ones uh you know I, i'll just never forget like i think it was game six uh of of one of those like mads clipper series required like 45 uh just like, at the aac just, like, yeah it was just an incredible game uh and you know just having a talent like that uh, elevates really any team uh, for sure. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, Kyrie, the recruiter, uh, definitely is something, uh, you know, obviously not like always like a Kawhi Leonard, but like, you know, just in general, that's, that's someone that, uh, you know, you should keep an eye on as a recruiter. I remember, uh, during training camp, he actually mentioned, uh, it was like, it was like a, a part of a long like answer about like returning to the team, I believe it was. And he was like, and, you know, it took a lot of things into consideration and, you know, including like, you know, the, you know, there's some free agents, uh, you know, that will be available like next year. And he was like, pretty interesting when you look at the list of names on there. Like, like I tilted his head and everything and just went back into like a full answer. So, like, I, I think he definitely has, uh, you know, some uh, some ideas uh, to to recruit some talent to Dallas. And, you know, with, hit, with the team, you know, off to a strong start record wise. And, you know, just uh, if you continue, continue that momentum throughout a full season, you know, I, you can probably attract quite a bit of talent for sure in general, especially with, you know, talented players like Derek Lively on a rookie contract. That only helps options as well. Uh, so, yeah, definitely uh, something to think about, you know, 
in general, uh, heading into you know the long, long uh, time from now being the off season. Well, and I, you know, like I said, if he could leave the Clippers for nothing in free agency, and he, you know, kind of gives a hint that that's what's going to happen, he could be moved before the February trade deadline too. So that's always something to keep an eye on too. But Kawhi, in general, his skill set, aside from his skill set, which I think would fit in just incredibly alongside Luke and Kyrie. It's also one of those situations where he's had injuries throughout his career, that uh, degenerative muscle injury with his quad or whatever it is. You know, it's one of those situations where it might be appealing to him, you know, to, to go to a team like the Mavs and be the third guy and not have as much pressure on him to produce like he has with the Clippers because he's getting up there. He's still really good. He's still technically in his prime. But, you know, he's getting up there to that age to where it's like, okay, does he really need to be the number one guy still? Or does he need to go to a situation where he's second or third guy and, you know, doesn't have as much of a burden on him? So that's something I'm keeping an eye on. Overall, really fun night. Mavs get the big win. 144 points. This offense is crazy. Uh, And it looks like there's, I mean, there's no team in the league that's going to be able to stop this when Luka and Kyrie are playing the way they are. So, Grant, I appreciate you joining me. I'm looking forward to seeing you in New Orleans here for these next two games. Should be a really fun time down there in the Big Easy. You might and finally get your Luca versus Zion uh, match. Finally. Yeah, every <laughs> every single time I have gone down there, Zion has been injured. And, you know, so you know, I saw it the other day. It said he was out for personal uh, reasons. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, here we go. But then his uh, – his, his uh, girlfriend was having a baby. Her fiance was having a baby. I was like, okay, well, that's understandable. <laughs> so, so he should be playing unless he like tweaks his ankle in practice or something here in the next day or so. So, uh, well, guys, look, appreciate y'all joining us. Be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Go to Grant's channel. It's Grant Afseth on YouTube. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. Sorry, over there too. Uh, Give us all the likes, comments, all that good stuff. And be sure to leave your social media at in a review for the Math Step Back podcast on Apple Podcasts for a chance to win giveaways. We do ticket giveaways every now and then, T-shirt giveaways, stuff of that nature. So be sure to do that. Guys, appreciate it. Y'all have a great rest of your night and have a great weekend. Uh, I might be back on here uh, Monday morning to do another pod. We'll we'll see how it goes uh, Sunday night in New Orleans. But at the very uh, latest, it'll be Wednesday next week. So y'all have a good one. We'll see you.